that we've been over this. There has to be a World War Three and Four first. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's the beauty of World War Five, Lois. It's so intense, it skips over the other two. Peter, it doesn't work. I have spoken! What else did he say? He said you were the best in the Parsec. I have spoken. What's up, everybody? Welcome to We Have Spoken, the final episode of this season where we cover The Mandalorian here, the new Star Wars show from Disney+. Plus. I'm Josiah Leroy. With me today, Tom Colbert. Did I think you out there? Switched it up a little no. bit. <laughs> no. <sighs> I was startled. Tom was shaken to the core. Also, Jamie Leroy. That's me. Hi. Hey. So... We just wrapped up the entire season of The Mandalorian here, season one. We're going to discuss it um, in minute detail. If you want to get into a specific episode discussion, we've got five previous episodes that you can check out on YouTube and Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. This one is going to serve as a little bit of a spoiler cast. Of course, if you haven't seen it, uh, if there's a part of the season you haven't seen yet and you're worried about it being spoiled, bookmark this, come back to it, listen to it, watch it later on. We'll get to just a, a few things here, a little bit of a condensed episode. But first off, what was our, our favorite episode of the season one here? We're getting season two really not that far away. Uh, fall 2020, John Favreau Best confirmed today, which is super, super exciting. Tweeted out the uh, artist rendering of the Gamorrean guard, or Gamorrean. We don't know if he's a guard. Yeah. So that is coming very soon, and we're excited about that. But here today, what was your favorite for season one? Jamie, why don't you start us off? Okay. Um, I, it's really hard to pick because I really liked a lot of them. But um, if I had to choose, I'd say it was Chapter 6, The Prisoner. Um, this is the one where he had uh, the Mandalorian had to team up with this old crew that he used to know to try to uh, free the, the Twi'leks brother. I don't remember what her name was. I can look her up, though. That's okay. <laughs> no, we all know. I don't think I can pronounce it. It's X-I apostrophe A-N. She-N, maybe? Yep. Uh, so they were trying to free her brother from prison, and um, everything kept going wrong. Everyone was turning on each other, but he continually outsmarts everybody the whole time, and I love that. So I am glad you brought this up. We didn't do a podcast for this one. We had a, kind of a crazy schedule uh, for the month of December. But uh, that episode, I liked that it was contained in the ship. It was a New Republic ship, right? Yes. I, um, we saw a lot of really nice cameos in that, including Matt Lanter, and we'll we'll get on to the cameos later in this episode. So if you you want to know who was in this, we'll break that down for you. And it was nice to see Mando kind of like outsmart that group, as we mentioned. Yeah. Uh, to have to use the different tactics to get where he had to get uh, to. It was it was more of a contained episode because they were on that central location as opposed to out in on a planet somewhere. So that was a little bit different. Yeah. It had me uh, like on edge the whole time because he kept having to like close different doors on the ship and try to trap them against each other. So they couldn't work together against him. It was a lot. (laughs) Creepy, creepy Twilight. Like they were just over the top. They really were. Yeah. Like they're not all like that. It's, it was a weird interpretation of them. They're just, there's like, these two are specifically scum, right? Right. Because we've got Sandula in rebels. Who's just awesome. Mm -hmm. Also the man who had the horns that, I don't know what, what type of creature he was, but he was scary. He was incredibly strong for it. He wasn't a Devorian. He was something else. No, I think that I think that was it. Devorian. I think yeah. Okay. I believe they named him that. Hmm. Interesting. It was interesting. Uh, Tom, what was what was your favorite episode of season one? 
I'm with Jamie. I liked uh, a lot of them. Um, I think a lot of them each had their own little like niche that like kind of spoke out as its own individual episode, which kind of gave a nod to each director that kind of took it over and wanted to try different things with this. Um, I keep going back to um, the episode where we first meet Cara Dune. Um, episode three. Episode three, he goes to the planet. He tries to um, you know find a place to hide out low-key, and he ends up, A, meeting Cara Dune, and then B, getting wrapped up in this little village who welcomes him with open arms and is trying to, um, you know, he's welcome to stay there, basically, but he has to stop these raiders from attacking them. It's a very, like, old-school... Western slash samurai kind of you know episode. I just really love the whole thing, everything about it, especially the ATSD coming out of the woods and um, them kind of building the trenches against it. That just there were so yeah. many things in that episode which I loved, and it was a slower episode, but there was just a lot happening, which I absolutely yeah. enjoyed. So, um, I I did like that one too. That was definitely different. It was, uh, sorry to interrupt. It was chapter four. Chapter <laughs> yep. four. I only sorry. know because I'm looking at the computer. <laughs> uh, so Bryce Dallas Howard uh, was in charge of that episode. I, I thought it was good. It was it was different from anything we saw for the rest of the season. Well, more contained. There was more personal stuff. It was nice seeing Baby Yoda just be a kid, right, yeah. around all the other kids. Oh, yeah. Nice callback to the chicken walker, as, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. And seeing kind of the tactical strategy of Kara. Yeah, and, and we got a little bit of an I introduction found. on her. Mm-hmm. I like that one. I'm happy you brought that up. I am uh, torn as well. I think there was a nice consistency throughout the season in terms of quality. I didn't think there was any episode that was really behind or that really stood above the rest a ton. Uh, I really enjoyed Chapter 7, which was The Reckoning, which we hadn't really talked about uh, too much because that was such a nice lead-in into this final episode, which was Chapter 8. However, I am actually going to go back to the beginning with chapter one. I love the first episode. It was a lot like the way I felt when I saw Force Awakens. It was like Star Wars is back in this new form. Um, you know, it's got a new leadership group that's running things here. It was just super exciting. Disney Plus was such a big deal. It still is a big deal. It's only it's not even two months old yet, and it was it was a lot of fun to come home from work watch that and then watch it again right away afterwards to see what the quality was going to be like knowing that we had a 15 million dollar budget per episode all of that played into it and of course at the end we get not only a really awesome shootout with the mandalorian and ig11 we see uh, baby yoda for the first time so yeah. i loved all of it we got uh, a nice amount of time with grief Karga. we've got the uh, bounty hunters guild being established I, lo- I thought it was a perfect setup that explained a lot but also set a really nice tone. Yeah. So I'm going to go right back to, to chapter one, uh, as mentioned. Mm-hmm. Moving on here. Uh, well, actually, from you, the listener, we want to hear what your favorite episode was. Be sure to leave a comment below or visit us at facebook.com slash thegeekiverse. Favorite characters. You're not allowed to mention Baby Yoda because I feel like that's just an easy pick and we'd all be there uh, along with the rest of the internet, which is fine and valid. But favorite non-Baby Yoda character. If you had to pick one, can we, Who would you pick? Can we choose the Mandalorian? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Are you sure? Okay. Yeah. That just seems like a, like a unfair, but okay. That's who I choose. So Mandalorian played by Pedro Pascal. Incredible personality, despite almost never seeing his face. I just, I love his character and his values. And he's always 
he's always out for himself. He does want to get to the next level, so to say, of his, his armor and his training and everything. But he is very considerate of other people too like he he loves this child he wants to protect it he wants to keep it away from harm and he also seems like he always wants to help other people too so those people in the village in chapter four Mm -hmm. they were helpless without him and Kara. Kara. so he stuck around and helped them she didn't want to at first but he convinced her i just feel like he has so many like components to his character he's really deep and he's supposed to be this tough badass, and he is, but he's got a heart yeah. at, at the core of it, right? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, he would have abandoned Baby Yoda as well. Right. Uh, so their relationship is amazing to see play out. <laughs> Tom, who uh, who would you list as your favorite character? And you can overlap. You can say Mandalorian. I mean, obviously, Baby Yoda. Uh, <laughs> 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 say it anyway. Um, so obviously the child. I, I, do, I do like the Mandalorian's character in this. Um, there's something unique about this um, this supporting cast, though. Even the ones that we only see, you know, once in the episode, um, like like the the girl who watched the child on Tatooine. Yeah, like Amy Sedaris. Yeah. Yes. So there's uh, nice depth there for this, all the side characters. The support cast just pushes the story forward. It really builds um, our main characters, being the child and the Mandalorian. Um, Joe, I know who your character is going to be, so I'm going to have to say I I really like Grief Karga in this. I really like that the Grief merc- Karga. I like the um, merf- the mercenary feel that we get um, from Carl Weathers and just the the role he's playing in this, where he's just he's just out for himself. He's just you know trying to make money and trying to make a living, and he's just has this kind of like Lando feel to him. I was just about sense. to bring that up. Like and that was I on the tip of my I, tongue. I don't know. something about him that's just... All, every time he's on screen, cool. I'm listening. <laughs> I'm, I'm listening to him. Yeah. I want to know what's going on. I want to know what his motives are. Um, he has a heart, too, but he still wants his money. It's just, just a lot of things going on with this character, and I hope we get to see him you know, going into season two here. So. And he's got a radio voice. <laughs> when he talks, you listen for a number of reasons, yeah. right? Commanding, and yeah. He's got the Calrissian kind of swagger. To him, where he's got that Billy D voice that's very smooth and commanding, and like you said, he's he's gonna do what he's gonna do for himself, but he does have that kind of. That's what I think is awesome with all these characters, even almost to an extent. My favorite character, who we'll get into, is that little bit of heart. That they're all mercenaries, but they still kind of do the right thing. They still yeah. have a, a moral code. Yeah. This is not the show I thought we were gonna get. By the way, mm-hmm. I didn't. I thought this was going to be more Western, more outlandish, more outlaw-like. But here we're kind of getting the classics, and there's nothing wrong with it. I'm super happy about it. Mm-hmm. But the classic Star Wars protagonists who do the right thing at the end of the day. Yeah. Unless that's Anakin killing younglings, because that's just awful. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't a good, a good guy at that point. Yeah, no. So that's right. No. <laughs> so my favorite character, um, I... I really loved Kara in this, but IG-11 is, is going to be <laughs> my guy, obviously. Love Taika Waititi. Wish uh, we would have seen more of IG-11 in this season. I imagine we will get some sort of Taika back in, in the next season. And that's perfect. He's the perfect character that you can kill off because you can bring him back as can, another IG droid. Rebuild him. No. Yeah. Rebuild him. Repurpose him as a nurse droid, that's which is true. the funniest term I've ever heard for a, a droid in Star Wars. Even something as simple as it's—I mean, it's Star Wars. They could find his like 
processing the unit and put them in a different unit. And exactly. Like, sure. like, per- sure. Personality just can be transferred between droids. So it like L three, right? Yes. In the, mm-hmm. Into the. So it'd be the very interesting to have you know a Jawa sell this to someone and then have them <laughs> turn them back oh, on yeah. and then all of a sudden. You know, he's like, hey, where's my baby? <laughs> I yeah. gotta go protect this baby. Or he has an entirely different protocol or something. Or a different yeah. body. I mean, he could be in anything. Sure. And so it would be interesting to see. Yeah. I, that's, if they, crazy they Tom's Corner. Bring his, uh, crazy Tom's Corner. They bring his conscious into uh, another droid. Yeah. I, I'm all for it. It'd be funny if it was a different droid altogether. Mm-hmm. Not an IG droid. S- same voice. But, but <laughs> like a protocol droid yeah. or something? Oh, I, sorry. Yeah. Same actor doing the voice, obviously. That would be yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Um, We'll get into here's there were a lot of cameos throughout the the season here in just the eight episodes. I imagine we're going to see even more as we get into season two here. But I'll kind of go through if you guys want to comment as I go along or give your quick two cents. Uh, first episode we had Horatio Sanz as Mithril, which was interesting because it kind of set a weird tone for the series because <laughs> yeah. he was like it's a comic relief, a guy that you would imagine on a sitcom, but here he is in this kind of serious dark tone star wars thing and it wasn't yeah yeah (laughs) um i loved werner herzog as the client i don't think that's a cameo so much but him being kind of this old imperial warlord and i just like his devotion to it was great Mm -hmm. one thing that really stuck out was last week's episode when he talks about how every planet that was a part of the empire was was better off. And he said, look at every possible metric. They've all improved from mm-hmm. profitability to peace, security. I loved it. He, he really believes that he's fighting for a good cause. Right. Like he drank the Kool-Aid. That was kind of his <laughs> thing there. Uh, I do not know who that is. Brian Potion as the Posen is the speeder pilot. Uh, a comedian. Comedian. Oh, I might have, rec- I might recognize him. I don't know who that is. <laughs> we'll look him up after this. I oh I do recognize him. Omid Abtahi. I'm so sorry with these pronunciations. He was Doctor Pershing, so the guy who we think is is maybe trying to clone. Yeah, or clone baby baby Yoda. I dissect this <laughs> creature. Yeah, something. He's from Damien. Yeah, I don't know. So we're gonna skip there. Nick Nolte uh, is Queel. Again, nice. Not really a cameo. No. Yeah. If I could have a second favorite character, it would be Queel. He's so good. I love him. At first, I was like, oh, man, is this guy for real? But then he grew on me really quickly. Yeah, he sounded like he was going to be annoying, but he really, he was like, I, I don't know. He was also very giving. He was like, I, I'll do this service for you. I don't want you to pay me. It's just the right thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He had a nice I have spoken episode seven um, where he talked about, he kind of was like, don't talk to me about paying my dues kind of yeah. thing, right? Like Because he, yeah. he was in servitude for such a long right. time with, with the empire. And he worked his way yeah. out. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was a, a really nice yeah, character he, he building moment. Some backbone and mm-hmm. yeah. John Favreau, of course, uh, <laughs> as Paz Vizla. So he plays a character pre Vizla in the Star Wars The Clone Wars. You, you'll know it as soon as you hear it if you watch The Clone Wars. Uh, so it's kind of the same clan or family. Yeah. House Vizla is, is what it is, right? Yeah, House Vizla or Clan Vizla is um, the, one of the main clans in the Manda, in the Manda, or in the Clone Wars series, so I'm not sure how far away he is, but it's just a name, so we'll take it as we will. Sure. Julia Jones uh, from Westworld plays Omera, so this is the woman from the fourth episode that you loved yes. uh, from the village Great that kind of uh, connects with the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Amy Sedaris, we talked about, uh, she plays Peli Motto. She is the 
kind of junker on Tatooine who's got the pit droids and takes care of Baby Yoda for a bit. <laughs> She's uh, she so she was from Elf. That's what I most note or most associate her with. She's also from Trainwreck, according to this IGN article. Oh, and uh, what is it? Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, Migna Wen is a big one as Fennec Shand. Yes. That's a character I think we all wanted more of, or mm. maybe to see come back later on. Uh, we'll get we'll circle around to her in just a moment. But uh, what? So she was on uh, Agents of Shield. Yes. Which you know, which I watched, you know, good portion of, and she she was great in that as well. So she was um, she Agent something. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while since I watched it. Um, she is a. Huge, I did not know this. Ming-Na Wen is a huge Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. Really? Oh, we said she was Mulan, too, Yeah, right? she's a yeah. Disney princess. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Uh, Mark Boone Jr. as Ranzar, quote-unquote, Ran Malk. Uh, so he... He was in Batman. Yep. Uh, he's also in Sons of Anarchy, and he is the long-haired guy with the beard who puts everything together in your favorite episode. Yes. <laughs> also in that episode, Bill Burr. As Mayfeld, that's that's definitely a big one. The thing with um, Bill Burr, because I knew he was going to make a cameo in an episode. I didn't think he was going to have a lead role in an episode. Oh, he was very prominent. Yeah. So him, you know, basically being like the leader of this ex, like this mission here, I was just like Bill Bill Burr. B- Bill Burr is doing like a serious like you know role in this movie, and and I love I love his stand up. I love uh, F is for Family. So like it, I was just re- very shocked to see him in this, and he did a great job. So. He's perfect for that yeah. kind of mm-hmm. role with that episode and it's kind of goofiness overall. Like it was yeah. a little eccentric, I think. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. But it's still a lot more serious than what he usually does. Oh, so. yeah, yeah. That's very yeah. true. Yeah. Jim Gaffigan's in a serious movie. I, I just saw the other day like, and he's like a main character and I, yeah. I thought it was a spoof, but it's real. No, yeah, I heard about this. I w- it's totally bizarre. I, I heard him on a podcast, and he was talking about it, and he was like, that's not a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's, it's, it's so like wow. seeing uh, Steve Carell in like, serious roles, and you're like, that's Steve Carell. Well, where's know, the jokes? You know, yeah. From, the yeah. And from you know, Bruce yeah. and uh, Evan Almighty and all these movies, and you're like, he's hilarious, but he's being serious. Yeah. I, I, I like seeing actors. Versatile. Yeah, yeah, branch out, be a little diverse, and show that I'm not just a comedian, you know? Or yeah. e- like even seeing like John Krasinski, like I'm not just Jim Helper. Like <laughs> I can do other things. <laughs> Man, he's, he's typecast to me. I, I like in my mind, I can't get him out of my head as Jim Helpert, even mm. in anything else I see That's him funny. in. But he's um like what Jack Ryan. Jack like, Ryan. He is still Jim Helpert. Quiet place. place. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of things he's doing now, and he's great in, in all. Also versatile. He does, so. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know how to pronounce this last name. I'm gonna guess Richard I, Ayoade. That might be it, but uh, from the <laughs> the IT crowd, so I hmm. I recognized him when you showed me the picture of him. Yeah, the fro. Yes. yes. So okay. he is the voice of Q nine O, aka Zero, who is in again the episode we're talking about, episode six. Yes. He's trying to kill the child. I couldn't <laughs> put my ship. finger on who was voicing that character. I knew I knew the voice though. I liked that that droid a lot though in that episode. Yeah, yeah. me too. It was, it was really cool. Definitely a good one. Uh, Clancy Brown. Uh, plays Berg, he, so he's from Highlander, and that's the Deveronian. Yes, Deveronian. Right. Yeah, good call. I couldn't My remember Star Wars it. knowledge coming clutch <laughs> from the last episode. <laughs> <It is. laughs> uh, Natalia Tenna as Jian, so the the crazy Twilight girl that we see in that episode. She's from Game of Thrones and Harry Potter. And Harry Potter. Do you want to explain who she was in Harry Potter? She is Nymphadora Tonks in Harry Potter. What's Harry Potter? Oh, it is. I'm joking. It is I'm a joking. movie it's okay. series. Jamie, oh. it's okay. Based on a series of books. <laughs> oh, okay. 
She fell Based for on it. a podcast. Wildly popular. <laughs> Sorry. Wildly <laughs> <laughs> popular series. This was a, a really a favorite of mine. Matt Lanter as Devon. So he's the new Republic agent uh, in, again, episode six, which is just laden with these cameos. He's <laughs> the voice, was. voice okay. of Anakin Skywalker. Because I read somewhere that it was like Anakin Skywalker cameo, and I was like, wait, what? 100%. <laughs> I was like, so what are you talking about? Oh, I, no. When they, they said that, yeah. you so thought, that was what was leaked to me was, Anakin is in this episode. Which one? This three of them. is who I thought. I was like, is this Hayden Christensen? <laughs> <laughs> so I thought Hayden Christensen was maybe playing the male Twilight. <laughs> no, no. And like, not. it kind of sounds like him, and it kind of could look like him under that makeup. That's funny. Uh, yeah. That's funny. Uh, no, I, I was way off. It was Matt Lanter. Dave Filoni, that was an obvious one. How cool is that? He is Trapper Wolf. Trapper That's Wolf? a great name. That is Crap. cool. So like he's, that. he's one of the three directors uh, who's got a cameo. He's one of the X-Wing pilots. Yes. He's a genius. He did all of uh, the Clone Wars animated series. Love him. Yeah, he is... Can't praise him enough. <laughs> so did do you know how he met George Lucas and became a part of all this? Was he a fan? He was a fan. He dressed up as Plo Koon, I believe. Plo Koon or Kit Fisto, cosplayed at Star Wars Celebration. Met George Lucas somehow. They got to talking. I don't know the rest of it. And he was like George's second in command. Yeah, <sighs> He works hand in hand with him in a lot of things. Like, Unbelievable. Like, like he created the Clone Wars with everything. George. Yeah. That's so cool. Like, Think about that. It. it gives such hope and inspiration. Yeah, I was going to say, it gives you hope. Yeah. <laughs> I always see him in like a cowboy hat, too. Always. Like everything. Always. So cool. Always love to hear what's next. His passion and enthusiasm for Star Wars is probably why the Clone Wars and mm. Rebels you, you need, were so good. You need these people with passions in here doing these doing these things. I mean, like you know, John Favreau and these and these cameo actors who are like, mm. I want to be in this. I mean, obviously for the money, but they're like, it's Star Wars. Why would I not want to be in this? Yeah. Like, I grew up with this. This is a big deal. It's so, just unbelievable. Yeah, the like, passion level involved. It it shines through. Uh, Deborah Chow. Who directed two episodes? Three? I think two. She's going to be the at the helm of the Kenobi series. Yes, uh, she was one of the X-wing pilots for the New Republic. I like that we got to see some New Republic stuff again um, because we really didn't get to see a ton of that in the new trilogy because they got blown to hell. Uh, Giancarlo Esposito again, not really a cameo, but he is who plays Moff Gideon, who we talked about last episode of We Have Spoken. How much we loved him and his kind of his presence in mm-hmm. all this. Right. Uh, and then the big one was uh, Adam Polly and Jason Sudeikis as the scout troopers in the final episode of the season. Sudeikis, that's a big deal. What a funny, like, few minutes. <laughs> that was really good. I can't wait to watch the episode again. Yeah. I want to watch the whole season again now that well, we can. Well, now we can binge it. Kind of yeah. binge we can just it. go right through it. In relatively short it's order, like a couple too. Hours. Was it like four hours? No, uh, probably let's not. See. They're like well, let's say they're half hour episodes. Thirty-five to forty-five minutes. Yeah, age. probably closer to six hours. Six I hours? would say that's doable. That, that's really not bad. It's yeah. two movies. Let's go. Maybe three. <laughs> All right, it's it's nine twenty. We can get this done, guys. <laughs> We're gonna do it now. <laughs> Last thought here of the the season was who was the the mysterious character that we saw kill Fennec Shand or what come upon Fennec Shand in the sands on Tatooine? Jar Jar. Yeah. <sighs> I didn't even consider him. Oh no, no, no. Jar Jar as a bounty hunter. Warlord Jar Jar, yes. What we saw and what we heard. Crazy um, Tom's Corner. No, we see, um, <laughs> we see what we presume is the dead body of... Um, Fennec. Of Fennec, who was the sniper on the ridge um, in that whole episode. 
Uh, and then at, at kind of like the end of the episode, we see, you know, her body laying there and then we just hear the footsteps come up and we see like the knees down, maybe the waist down of a character in what I took as Mandalorian armor as well. Um, so obviously the first thought that I want it to be, and what I'm sure Joe wants it to be, and Jamie, you want to jump into with this? Yeah, sure. All right, Jamie's in too. Like, um, no. We all <laughs> would want it to be Boba Fett. But I think what would be very interesting would be if we could see um, a rival Mandalorian that he can face off against. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, everyone needs that that arch nemesis. Um, And in this case, I don't think the Empire is our Mandalorian's arch nemesis. I think there's someone else who's still, you know, hired by the Empire to, you know, either track somebody down or do something with. So there's a lot of theories I can come up with about this mysterious character but we'll, we'll do a whole crazy tom's corner crazy tom's corner about that later i'm all into that i th- i think there is a i love that they didn't address it actually i think teases like that are really nice i i'm with you but i just hope that they come back to it because if they leave us with that forever i'll be upset no i think they'll come back to it yeah. at least it's on the back burner of them being like we have this character and we can bring this character back as well i mean if she was you know shot an inch left of a vital organ Bakta spray whatever they have she can be brought back sure I mean, oh yeah that's true I mean it's all it takes in Star Wars I mean, we've seen people he could have stunned her too we don't know that he killed her right I'm pretty sure he just shot her with like a regular blaster bolt but uh, it, again it could right. be I don't know yeah. I don't, I we've no idea watch it um, but there's a lot they can I mean we, we've seen people cut in half and come back in, in the Star Wars universe I don't think <laughs> of blaster thrown bolt down or, power yeah, shoots and, and all kinds of stuff right so. lots of stuff yeah, yeah that. I do have issue with that a little bit with how characters, there's no finality to anything. Like there's got to be consequences here. And it's, I think that takes a lot of weight away. They're going the way of Gotham. It's not nearly as bad. Uh, but oh, Gotham was ridiculous. Gotham I, was the and worst. I enjoyed culprit. the show just because it was DC and it was Same. Batman. I, I love Gotham. But, I mean, I was just people like, just died like, again oh, you're and again. back again. <laughs> like, oh, the <laughs> joke is here dead. for the sixth time. Oh, they died, but not really. Yeah. Oh, here's Mooney I've been again. I'm happier with cloning versus. Uh, <laughs> it was kind of unbelievable after like season, maybe the midway point of season two mm-hmm. with that show. Because I, my theory with that was they, they never thought they were going to get renewed. So yeah. they tried to work in as many characters as they could, and then they were like, oh. Oh, we're back. Oh, we're coming back, Fox. Oh, bring him back. Okay. Lazarus uh, Pit. Let's go. Camera money. <laughs> you good again? All right. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. great. <laughs> but yeah, that would be interesting to see. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts. On I want that. it to be uh, either a rival or Boba, or maybe that rival is Boba. That would be really, really cool. Yeah. Why not? Why not all make a Boba Fat? Yeah, all we saw were feet and like a cape that doesn't come all the way to the ground, and that looks... and it's Tatooine, so obviously that's yeah. why our minds go to that being Boba. I think Boba Fett would kick his ass, though, to be honest. You think? Oh yeah, I don't think so. Huh. I think Mandalorian would absolutely win that fight. I don't know. Boba Fett was trained, you know. I mean, I guess since he was a kid, and so was he. But I just, I don't know, something about. I, I, th- I think the level that a lot of the fans hold Boba Fett as, I think they would be upset to see Boba Fett get his ass kicked by this Mandalorian. Boba Fett is the Knights of Ren of the old the original trilogy. He may as well be the Phasma because Phasma didn't do anything Or either. Phasma. Yeah. That's uh. also a good point. Well, I like Phasma better, actually. But um, yeah. just kind of this cool character that everyone thought was a badass and then kind of has this unceremonious well, end. His first appearance was, what, the, the holiday? Yeah. Star Wars holiday special. And then literally they were just like, oh, he'd be a cool toy. People are going to buy this character. Yep. Let's throw him in, and they did. And then he took off, and fans were like, "Who's that guy? Like, oh, yeah. let, let's make him a story. Let's make, let's give him books. Let's give him toys. Let's give him all this, you know, comics now. <laughs> um, let's give him a couple lines, and just took off. So. We do owe a lot to 
this show that character really and yeah. because of that established the the Mandalorian background and mm-hmm. what is Mandalore and all this stuff bounty hunting in yeah. Star Wars became a thing really with him so there's there's a lot to it there but I would go in terms of my fa- my favorite Mandalorians currently it would be the Mando Django Boba yeah but two of those aren't Mandalorians maybe they're not <laughs> <laughs> that is a topic they're for not. another time as Maz Kanata would say any wrapping thoughts here on season one? Anything we want to see as we go into season two? I definitely want more of like the the alien creatures. I I really like seeing you know new either, either new species or existing species. Like I, I would love to see you know the Mandalorian fight off against a Rancor or you know <laughs> oh, yeah. some kind of creature like the you know um, the ones that we saw in Geonosis, mm-hmm. um, the Acolyte, for example. That would just be really cool to see those again, you know, even on a smaller scale or even as like a cameo of them walking by. I just I love <laughs> like in real life I love animals in general. In movies I love aliens and creatures and you know things they can do with it. Um, I would probably prefer them to stay away from the space battles just because what we yeah. saw was a little clunky, a little, I don't want to say forced, but we're like, okay, this is there's nothing happening here, nothing to really look There's not a lot of money sunk yeah, into that. Just, just shaky camera camera work to show the ship is being shot at. So yeah. um, my only complaint with the entire series is probably that scene. That's my only visual complaint, yeah. I think, at all. And it's still pretty good. Just yeah, I mean, for Star Wars, it's not. Yeah. Uh, Jamie, what we're used to. Well, yeah, yeah. especially with the the new trilogy stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, what do we want to see, or you know, any final thoughts on season one? Um, no, I just honestly, I want to see what happens next. I'm excited for season two. I think they let into it well. Um, it wasn't like way too many cliffhangers. Got to have it right now. But like, we do. There are questions, and I would like answers. And I honestly just want to know what happens to Mando and Baby Yoda now because. I mean, this—they're exactly where they were, like episodes ago. They're just in the ship, looking for a place to go where they'll both be safe. I like it. I like that there's no kind of end in sight because it's a series. It's this self-contained story as opposed to this galaxy-wide conflict. So I—I'm a big fan of that. I want to see more episodes, maybe a little bit longer runtime, but that is nitpicky because if the quality is there and it makes sense to have a certain length of time, go with it. We've always said that too, uh, Pavlak and I. Like Endgame. Perfect example. If it's going to be three hours, it's going to be three hours. Don't cut it short just because that's what you want to do. Mm-hmm. If it makes sense to have the content in there, do it. Lord of the Rings, another great example. Yeah, make, make it an anthology. If it's I mean, good, it's good. It's you don't fine. need to, to cut it. The time really has very little to do with any of it. But uh, I just I want to see more adventures, more planets. I am a big sucker for Star Wars nostalgia, so I love callbacks to anything um, that we've seen before. I love uh, what we saw with like the super battle droids. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were some Clone Wars references, of course, meaning the series. I would love to see some tiebacks to Rebels. And I would love to see something with Sabine Wren. I feel like she is a prime candidate to be involved with this somehow, an older Sabine Wren. Mm-hmm. Really not that much older uh, to, to be around would be awesome. She'd be like, she was like 15 what? years older. Yeah, because she was like 16 in Rebels, <laughs> right? She'd be perfect to like make a cameo or be a part of their crew for one episode, something like that. So if, if she was Rebels, was how long was this then? Was uh, it 15 years? Rebels is uh, probably about 15 years. Rebel, yeah, Rebels was years. Before, new, before Rogue One. Yep. Yeah, I don't know where she would be. She'd probably be like in the 30s. I don't yeah. know if she'd have kids or not, but even to see like, you know, 
just some kind of reference or a call to her name. Would and be, maybe the, the saber huge. ties into all of that. Yeah. I'm incredibly excited to see where that arc takes us as we learn more of the background of where that was taken, probably during the, um, not the Siege of Mandalore. There's another term for it that happened after that. Speaking of Mandalore, we're going to see more of that in Star Wars The Clone Wars in just a few short months. If you've enjoyed We Have Spoken, we encourage you to stick around. Uh, we're going to have some similar coverage in a weekly discussion series on YouTube, on Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud for The Clone Wars come February. So uh, Dave Filoni just mentioned that that is done. It's about ready to go. So we'll get a release date on that very shortly here. We just know it's February. <laughs> uh, I think that's it. Uh, so we'll put a, a bow on this episode and this season of We Have Spoken. For Jamie, for Tom, I'm Josiah. We thank you so much for watching and listening. We will catch it in just a few months for Clone Wars.